It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Bermel. Thank you for joining us on American Medicine Today. I'm with a great group of men. I have Josh over here from WeBeam TV. I have Mr. Euchre yes. <laughs> to my left. I am here. To my right, we have our esteemed um what is that term that we use for you here it comes junior mint junior mint no <laughs> senior our, fellow our senior fellow jeff waxed yeah. live from the candy aisle here at the mighty 970 wfla <laughs> mm-hmm. thank you for joining us on the program and we have don't a, introduce me and we have world-renowned <laughs> orthopedic surgeon dr alfred benati of the benati oh, spine institute God. You know, when you think about spine surgery, it's really not a laughing matter. Um, When you're in a tremendous amount of pain, you don't know where to turn, what to do. Your life becomes extremely limited. And maybe because of the pain, you're not reacting to people like you normally would. That's the time that you really need to seek out treatment, when you realize it's not going to go away, when you've tried those conservative methods to no avail. Well, when you're at that point to make a big decision, you don't want to be flayed down the front, flayed down the back. You need to seek out something that's going to give you some sense of normalcy in life and get you back to doing the things you love. And What will provide that are the Bonatti Spine Procedures. They're patented and exclusive, targeted precision procedures. Um, With that said, we have quite an exciting lineup on today's program. We have Dr. Brad Willenberg from uh, UCF. He's going to talk about this mosquito lure and color-changing trap. Yeah, it's really cool. We we went out there to to UCF in Orlando Mm -hmm. and actually already filmed it, so we're pretty familiar with this. Uh, Mm -hmm. he, He and his... Uh, students invented a little trap you can put in your mm-hmm. backyard, and it ch- it'll change the color of the mosquitoes are infected with diseases. Yeah. Oh, so that so means you guys are already infected. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Come here, Doc. Well, at least then you, you know what you'd be eye. infected with. <laughs> and then we have attorney Sam Heller. He's going to be in studio talking about all sorts of problems with insurance. And then, of course, you'll hear what's new in American medicine today. But up first. In today's Back to Life segment, we will talk to a patient of the Bonatti Spine Institute who went from living a life that was restricted by pain and discomfort through their journey of finding the Bonatti Spine Institute and are now living pain-free. It is my pleasure to introduce to the program Kevin Gremion from Alexandria, Louisiana. Hopefully I pronounced that right. <laughs> hey, Kevin, how Kevin? are you? Now I'm here. Um, why don't you tell us how you came to be in pain? Were you in an accident? Was it something degenerative in nature? Well, um, I've got a very physically demanding job. I'm a machinist. Uh, run a family business that's celebrating our 41st year okay. and have had back problems over the years. Uh, always thought it was from my job, picking up something wrong or too much weight uh, and whatnot. But uh, over the years, I've used chiropractic uh, care and naturally the muscle relaxers and right. anti-inflammatories and whatnot. Uh, to to help with my pain, but uh, 
in September of 2015, I had an episode where my back just locked up, uh, kind of gave up, I guess you would say, and okay. very excruciating electrical pain. Uh, my left foot went numb and uh, sought uh, chiropractic care, <laughs> which uh, did not help. And after about a week and a half of laying around in the house and finally got to where I could get out of bed, okay. uh, had two different rounds of uh, x-ray guided steroid injections that only lasted uh, maybe three or four weeks. And I had several friends that had visited the Bonatti Institute okay. over the years and spoke to a lot of those and found out I had customers that had been there and found out what I needed to do to, to get better was to go to the Bonatti Institute. So I uh, sent my recent MRI in, and I think about <clears throat> two days later, Dr. Uteg called me one morning, and we mm -hmm. spoke for a, a very good length of time. And he told me he knew exactly what the problem was, which was spinal stenosis. And we made a uh, a plan to uh, to visit the institute and went from there. Why don't you explain how everything went along and what that experience was like from the time that you came through the door? It was a fantastic experience. Um, the, and I've, I've told people this a hundred times, it's, it's the best medical experience I've ever had. Uh, we, uh, I got set up in the office. Uh, they sent me naturally through everything through email, sent me a uh, schedule for my consultation visit. Mm -hmm. And it was just about down to the minute uh, when I would see certain people and what would happen and uh x-rays and MRIs and whatnot and it was just a fantastic experience every everybody uh, very pleasant uh, very courteous uh, want to help you get out of pain yes. uh, as quickly and easily as possible can and, I can uh, I ask you something when you were in the evaluation process did you feel like you had to really tell the doctor where the problem was or did the doctor seem to know he knew right off the bat. I, I had a, I was a little bit skeptical when we spoke on the phone. Because like I say, I, I always thought that uh, my problem was from a from a bulging disc or whatnot. And uh, he popped my MRI up on the board and and showed me exactly where I was hurting and, and or exactly what was causing the pain that I was having. Uh, the the knowledge that the doctors there have of the the nervous system and what it does to muscles yeah. uh, throughout the body is just phenomenal. And uh, we we sat down. He spent a very good length of time with me, um, and we mapped out a, a surgical uh, plan. Mm -hmm. Got all everything approved through my insurance company, and the next morning. How I had my first procedure. Okay. Have to ask, when you said that you were in so much pain and you were laid up in bed for like a week and a half, how was that affecting your life? What were some of the normal tasks you would do that brought on pain? Well, at, at that point, uh, just uh, breathing brought on pain. Uh, couldn't, couldn't stand up straight. Uh, Walking was very difficult. Uh, sitting was very difficult, uh, very painful. Um, 
you know, it, it got to a point uh, after after I got over that initial episode uh, for about four or five months. Um, you know, it was just agonizing by the end of the day. Uh, go home and and get an ice pack and mm-hmm. lay on a hard floor was mm-hmm. was my best relief. Uh, until I could get up just to, to go take a shower. Got it. So so you made the right decision. You called Bonatti. You came in. Okay, you just mentioned the, the next day after the evaluation you were ready to have surgery. So can you explain uh, the surgical procedure? Did you watch your procedure? I did not watch the first one. I did, okay. uh, I did watch one of them. The, uh, like I said, the, the, the staff there at Bonatti is just, uh, every, from, from the first guy you meet at the door to the doctors, to the nurses, mm-hmm. everybody is just, uh, just very courteous. Everybody knows your name, knows mm-hmm. what your problem is. Uh, walked in that first day and, uh, did a little bit of paperwork. They said, okay, we're going to mm-hmm. be 15, 20 minutes, brought me in the back in the pre-op and, mm-hmm. Uh, just everything was just, just like surgery. It was was surgical (laughs) precision, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. When, Uh, when well, I I was going to interrupt because there, there's a bunch of people in here with me and I know they love to find out from people what they thought about the conscious IV sedation where you're interactive. We've had people say that it was, it was fun. (laughs) Even you said it was fun. I I did. I'm a patient. I thought it was amazing and fun. As fun as surgery can be. (laughs) Very, very amazing. Um, you know, the, the fact that you can look up on the wall and, and, uh, the conscious sedation uh, is is great. Uh, you know, you can look up on the camera and uh, on the TV and and watch what you, what they're doing. And um, I watched one of the procedures, and it, it dawned on me. You know, that's my back that that they're, that they're working <laughs> right. on, which was kind of strange. Uh, but it's you know, it, with the procedure that I watched. Uh, when they were manipulating the nerve, uh, they touched the exact spot where I where I was having problem, and I and I told him such, and he stopped and and adjusted that problem and asked me if I could, if I had the pain any longer, right. which I needed to sit down. So they went and got me a chair, and I got off the operating table and sat down and. And stayed there for two or three minutes and stood up. Uh, when I would stand, I had a burning pain that would run down my leg. Right. And we made sure that was gone and got back up on the operating table and closed me up. <laughs> and probably within an hour and a half, two hours, I was back in my hotel room. Unbelievable. Nice. And we actually have a picture that's um, with you three days post the Bonatti spine procedures, and you're enjoying a football game. Am I correct? Was it yeah, football or we baseball? Were, um, we, we had a couple of days to, to uh-huh. kill in between procedures, and uh, our our beloved Saints were mm-hmm. playing Tampa Bay, so we got on the yeah. on the internet and mm-hmm. found a couple of tickets and went and enjoyed the game. Well, that's great. It sounds like you've had an amazing recovery. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. We truly appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you very much. You have a good week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Another success story.
Always. See, I thought in his picture, though, wasn't he wearing a Bucks shirt? And I thought, when I saw I it thought, in advance, yeah. I said, okay, good. Now I won't have to give him crap for being a Saints fan. But I forgot he was from Louisiana. But <laughs> so then he, he is a Saints fan. I guess so. You know, he's a Saints well, fan, good. and he didn't even give us the recipe for a roux. But I otherwise, know. he seemed like a pretty good guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But if you are suffering with any of the symptomology that you just heard Kevin explain, reach out to Benati at Benati.com or call 855-267-0483. Coming up next, you're going to hear all about a new mosquito lure. It's a trap that was developed by um, a doctor at UCF. Stay tuned. You're listening to American Medicine Today. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thanks for continuing to listen to American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Always a pleasure. Senior fellow, Jeff Wagstaff. Hey, Kimberly, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti of the Bonatti Spine Institute. I'm being harassed. Stand up. Wrap up. What's up, Doc? Don't swing. <laughs> Kimberly's My bossing him around miserable from across the console here. You're like the problem child today. Uh, I know. You have to I stay know. after school, young quiet, man. Quiet, quiet yeah. from the peanut gallery. We have a very important person on the line. Uh, you know, people have been worrying about disease-carrying mosquitoes lately. And joining us right now is Dr. Bradley Willenberg, assistant scientist at the University of Central Florida's College of Medicine. He has developed a mosquito surveillance tool, which helps to detect those carrying disease. Thank you for being here, Dr. Willenberg. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I appreciate it. We loved being on site with you. Yeah, we were, we uh, we came up to UCF over in Orlando, got to see everything, and uh, it was it was really cool. So that'll actually be featured in an upcoming episode of, of the TV show of the TV version of American Medicine mm-hmm. today. But I got to ask, I know doing some research on you before we went mm-hmm. up to visit Dr. Brad, you were interested in science from a young age. But just listen to the sound. Why would you want to work with these creatures? <laughs> Makes my skin crawl just hearing it. <laughs> They're deplorable creatures. <laughs> Yeah, they they, def- they they definitely have a lot of downside. That's for sure. Uh, but they're very interesting. They're very fascinating. And, and they and uh, you know I think that that they uh, you know it's important to to study them and and understand uh, how they how they carry disease, how we can mitigate the risks, how we can uh, minimize our uh, potentials of of becoming ill through through mosquito borne diseases and and uh, in this country and abroad. So I, I think it's very important to to study all aspects. Um, you know, we're we're just looking at a, at one, you know, kind of piece, a sliver of 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 their behavior and 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 the science around them. But there's a tremendous field uh, about mosquitoes and and uh, these and, and insects in general. You know, I have to ask your particular device that you created. I mean, it seems rather simple, but actually it's pretty complex. Mm -hmm. I mean, you use gold nanoparticles to change the color of infected mosquitoes. Why Why don't you get into... Uh, you know how you figured out how to create the device yeah and and in as short as time as possible yeah. because like Kimberly said it is actually pretty complex and we only have so much time on this no, radio I underst- show I understand <laughs> uh, so I, I like to think of it as sort of a high tech high tech uh, sort of inside but uh, low tech sort of readouts and and mm-hmm. so meaning that there's no power there's no uh, you don't need a laboratory you don't need to to be a scientist you don't need the instrumentation and and, and the device is uh, uh, really came out through a lot of uh, discussions and uh, collaborations uh, through the years with uh, my colleagues at the USDA and the University of Florida and, and now sciences uh, here at the University of Central Florida. And, and basically, um, we just 
wanted to have a way of having a, a simple device that would have a, a, a liquid payload mm -hmm. in it that would ha uh, that the mosquitoes would like to feed on, which is typically like a sugar water sort of mm -hmm. payload, and a way of then having that uh, payload be able to soak a substrate, uh, in this case, just a, a really a washcloth or a cotton wick, and and then you know we would put those uh, those those uh, soaked uh, wicks out that have our nanoparticles in there that are that are specific that recognize uh, particular diseases, and when the mosquitoes come and feed and they consume that sugar water that they like, they also take in these nanoparticles that we've tuned, if you will, uh, to to interact and recognize uh, particular diseases like Zika or dengue or chikungunya, mm -hmm. and when that happens, when they recognize that, you know, gold nanoparticles have these have this really uh, interesting property where in solution. Um, they, depending on the size of the particles or how much they're, how close they are together, that will dictate the color of the solution. So if you can change how close those particles get to, together, it will actually change the color of the solution. So in our case, if we make particles that recognize a particular virus, then when that virus is present with those particles, it changes uh, the the uh, how close those particles are together in solution, and you can visibly see a color change. So in our case, we can go from a red when there's no virus present to a, a blue uh, mm -hmm. when it would be when the virus is present. And that and that that's the that that's the hope uh, mm -hmm. that we can do that kind of inside after you know when the mosquito right. consumes it, you can see that in the mosquito's uh, you know, stomach or the midgut, mm -hmm. what they call the midgut of the mosquito. And just like you can when you see them feeding on you, you can see them sort of fill up with the blood and you can actually see the color, you know, that your the red blood inside. That's what that's what we want to try and achieve, uh, sort of a way of color coding uh, mosquitoes that are carrying mm -hmm. disease from those that are not. So so you can identify these these mosquitoes, for example, if you put the, the product in in a, in a lake or something like that, then you can identify the mosquitoes in that way. Or this is going to be just very, very right now is very restricted. It's small small uh, the the device is is only going to uh, interpret a small group of mosquitoes. Yeah, so you, I don't think at the moment we'd, we'd be able to put it into a large uh, a body or reservoir. Um, it'd have to be sort of confined to, to devices that you would deploy out in areas where you're surveilling um, to, for the, that you maybe know that the particular mosquitoes that can carry um, Zika or Dengue, these Edes, these Edes aegypti and Albopictus mosquitoes, you would put these devices out in strategic locations and then uh, inside uh, traps and you would go back and collect uh, what you caught and then just inspect the mosquitoes. So you would really be getting a sampling um, of, of um, the mosquito population at large. Early warning detection, if you will, then, among the mosquito population. That's pretty much yeah. it. Now, right. uh, now, Dr. Brad, I know we could talk about this. We, we spent two, three hours yes. at your laboratory. It was really cool stuff. <laughs> Unfortunately, great. we're out of time today. But uh, very quickly, what is the time frame? I know it's still in the R&D phase mm -hmm. before this is available to the public, to third world countries, to uh, people in general. Yeah, so we're we're targeting uh, within a, a year to two to eighteen months to 
to sort of demonstrate the technology and get it uh, get it to the ability where we can start putting it out and field testing it in uh, uh, locally in Florida as well as uh, in austere environments uh, uh, across the globe. Excellent. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Bradley Willenberg, Assistant Scientist at the University of Central Florida's College of Medicine. Thank you so much for developing this mosquito lure. And look for Dr. Brad on an upcoming episode of uh, AMT for TV. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dr. Brad. Yep. Great. Thank you. Appreciate thank you it. so much. All right. Have a good one. <laughs> Make sure if you have any back problems, reach out to Benati at Benati.com or, hey, like us on Facebook, either Benati and or AMT. Both. We'll catch you on the flip side of the break. <laughs> Stay tuned. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thank you for listening to American Medicine Today. I'm here with Ethan Euchre. I'm here. Without his mic on. And world-renowned <laughs> hey. orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti of the Bonatti Spine Institute. Doctors and... are not either. <laughs> I'm being abused here. That's it. I'm going home. All right. Now Kimberly's is off. (laughs) Well, the only responsible one is Sam Heller, our guest, who has his mic on. Yes. And joining us in studio is Sam Heller, a St. Pete attorney who specializes in healthcare litigation and corporate governess. Now he's on to address the many legal challenges both doctors and patients face in healthcare today. So thank you for being here, Sam. Thank you for having me. I'm ready to be abused. Don't you get that from Doc on a daily to weekly basis anyways? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a 24-7 Excellent. job. Excellent. Now we've brought it into exactly. the studio. Well, I know, Doc, you're the one that wanted to get Sam in here, so what are some of the things that we should discuss with Sam about the legality of, of health care and things like that? I have no idea. <laughs> that makes right. both of us. Let's all no. go home. So, Sam, uh, why don't you jump into some of the legal challenges that the health care insurance companies are, are throwing out there? Well, I think uh, from... From Dr. Benati's perspective, uh, you know, there, there's all the changes with healthcare have had a massive impact on uh, doctors' ability to practice, especially when you're talking about out-of-network, um, uh, elective-type uh, providers. When you're talking about specialty practices, uh, all of the uh, all of the efforts by the insurance company have really been designed to try to cram as many doctors as they can in network kind of uh, uh, blur the lines between, um, uh, you know, uh, the ability to receive the type of health care that you Correct. want and, um, you know, just, just pass the buck on both to the doctors and to the patient. Right. Well, one of the things that I, I, I agree with you is that the bad companies are doing that. Uh, for example, um, Blue Cross and Blue Shield is just one of the worst companies that is not only affecting the 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 performance of the physicians, but also they are destroying the healthcare for the patients because they, the patients, mm-hmm. they think they have a good insurance. When they go to a doctor, the doctor goes, well, you need to pay $20,000 for the deductible. And then the, the people go, what I do now? Well, that, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and what you see most of the time is people are buying into these plans and they're these high deductible plans that are sold as having all these great benefits and particularly these out-of-network benefits that would you know, supposedly allow you to go and pick any doctor from any kind of specialty that you want, whether they're mm-hmm. in-network or out-of-network, out get the care that you need. And if you're out-of-network, you know that you got this money that you have to pay. But what you end up finding out is, is that 
as you go in and you're paying these tremendous amounts for deductibles uh, on the patient side, mm-hmm. you're going in and these out-of-network benefits aren't really what they, they seem to be because what they've done is, is they've, they've taken the reimbursement rates that they pay to the doctor and lower them. I mean, you, you can make arguments sometimes that they're below minimum wage type of rates uh, that make it impossible for the doctor to accept that patient even if they have these great out-of-network benefits and even if the patient has paid the deductible. So it puts the patient and the doctor in a position where you're saying, hey, look, I, I know you got this great insurance and you've paid your deductible. Uh, your right. insurance has paid me, but they only paid me 15% of uh, what I'm owed. And unfortunately, the patient's there holding the bag. And so the patient has the decision of whether they're going to take this mon- t- take the treatment and pay all this money or whether they're just going to kind of throw up their hands and go to somebody in network. But who allowed this that- to happen? That that's that's why that's what I was um, that's what I was trying to say in the beginning that they are they are great insurance companies and they are bad insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Now that depends on the intelligence of the of the managers. Uh, for example, uh, United Healthcare is an incredible good company. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing to do with United Healthcare, but you know I have I have the participation of United Healthcare on my patients. And it's incredible the service. It's incredible the acceptancy of the insurance companies to work with the doctors. And that insurance company is managed by, by individuals that they have common sense and they understand the market. These are the companies that they fight the doctor and they fight the hospitals and they fight everything mm-hmm. in behalf of crumbs that they need to collect because they got in bed with the government and then suddenly – the one who suffered the consequence of these actions is not really the doctor. Right. Is well, the doctor. The only thing he does is move to say, "I cannot take you," right. okay, and then move to another another company, accept another type of a patient. But but the poor patient are being abandoned on the streets, man, well, sure. without service. Sure, and, and you know what what the insurance company has the ability to do is adjust the pricing in terms of what they pay to the doctors without ever notifying patients, without notifying the doctors. And so, you know, the, the, the patient's having, you know, a patient decides to go to you and they're at a network and they don't know what your insurance company, what the insurance company is going to pay you. All they know is they're going to be responsible for something. And that can change, that can change mid-treatment. And you're stuck with what you're stuck with. And the insurance companies create these these artificial barriers and hoops to jump through. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in one of the things that they are doing, for example, now, it's just amazing because, I unfortunately, I take less and less and less and less Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And it's not because I don't, don't, don't want to serve the patient. It's the problem is that they put so many stopples, so many, so many barriers between the doctor and the service of the of the to the patient, mm-hmm. that suddenly you cannot serve the patient. Right. Uh, they are prostituting the physicians. They are gathering physicians that are incompetent, mediocre, or they do not have the way to survive on the on the comp- competitive um, role. Today in in the healthcare and this the, because because the problem is the doctor needs to have a battalion of people to fight this insurance company, and then they, they need to lose a lot of time to overcome the, the 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 barriers that the insurance company put to the doctor to serve that patient. Sure, and, and you know what's what, if you take a step back and you think about you know from a common sense perspective what insurance companies are there for is. Mm-hmm. They're there to facilitate 
care for patients. And, and of course, it's a company, and of course, they need to make a profit, and of course, all companies are there to make a profit, but there becomes a line that you cross when it goes between, it goes from, you know, uh, facilitating patient care and making money for your shareholders to actively interfering with patient mm-hmm. care and the ability of patients to get the care they want and they need when they have a relationship with a doctor that they trust in order to make that profit. And, and that's right. that's what you see all the time right now, which is these these barriers that, that are not in the patient's interest. It's purely in the insurance company's interest. And, and the, the patients are putting their trust not only in the doctor, but in the insurance company that whatever the doctor that they've selected is recommending for them is something that's going to be paid for with the insurance company without these overreaching, incredible fights. Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that they develop now is this type of fake relationships between the insurance companies and uh, corporations that they hire doctors to say no. These are these are doctors that are being prostituted. So, so for for few dollars, these guys go and they don't read the charts. They don't even understand. Is somebody who is going to make a decision? In, in spine surgery, who never in sure. his life saw a procedure in spine surgery, who has absolutely no knowledge of how these techniques are being developed sure. or how these techniques are going to work and the results of these techniques. The guy is a total dumb ignorant. Right. And, that and, and guy, so people know what, what we're talking about. A lot of times what's happening now, and we're dealing with this all the time, is, is that an insurance company will deny something. And then what they do is they say, okay, we're going to send this for a peer review. And what, what that means is that the insurance company is saying, okay, well, we're going to hire a doctor, an independent third party, to review right. your records and, and what the insurance company's decided and give an independent opinion. And in theory, that, that's something reasonable. There's a disagreement between the doctor and patient and the insurance company, and they're saying, okay, we're going to hire a third party. But what they do is they don't really hire third parties. What they do is they hire these captive companies where there are these doctors that are hired to – Deny. You know, when you, well, yeah, and you think about it, you know, I mean, if an insurance company hires a doctor to review records mm-hmm. and they keep coming back and saying, well, you know, insurance company, you made the wrong decision, the chances of that doctor continuing are pretty low. Uh, but in a, in, a, in a reverse contract, I think what you're talking to, Dr. Bonatti, is that, you know, you're an orthopedic surgeon and you perform orthopedic surgery. And if they're using a doctor who is not an orthopedic surgeon or does not do what you do, mm-hmm. then how is it really that that doctor is going to truly evaluate, particularly never seeing the patient, how are they going to evaluate the recommendation you're giving in order to give true, neutral, independent feedback? But what does, what's unbelievable is that this is an acceptable practice. This is something that is practically camouflaged on the system. So you, as a patient, you cannot sue that insurance company for that action. You cannot have any action against that doctor for avoiding you to be treated. I mean, this is a completely charade. This is, as Donald Trump said, it's a rigged system. Well, we need to go ahead and start to talk about mm-hmm. this. And this is the politicians in the middle. Sure. Okay. And I think... Can, can I ask a quick question? I don't understand why the AMA doesn't jump in, but the AMA is the one that writes the insurance code, so maybe that in of itself is part the, of well, that. I think the, 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 AMA is, is a, is, the AMA is a fraud. It's a system well, of politicians that, that they, they, yeah. they, they claim that they represent medicine, and it's not true. They don't fight for medicine, and they don't do anything for the doctors. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think the problem is, is, and what I think is great about this show, is that um, – you're educating people, and you're educating the people because I think 
patients, insurance people. I mean, I have insurance, and, and all I know is that I have it, and I'm not really fine-toothing it. It's like the last thing I think about until I need it. And mm-hmm. unless people are educated and they know what's happening and they know the dynamics of it, you know, you, you're, you're seeing this in all sorts of areas of the country now with people um, and also different aspects of life. And when you look at the tragic news that happened last night, you know, people are starting to wake up and, and not want these institutionalized systems that, that, that really aren't in their benefit because they don't realize it until it's done. Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sam Heller of Heller Goldberg. Yes, thank you thank so you. much for coming in and talking about um, health care litigation. Mm-hmm. It's something if you don't start thinking about, it's going to affect you at some point in time. Thank you for watching American Medicine Today. Um, coming up next, you'll hear about Brock's Croc. Make sure you stay tuned. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Brumell. Thanks for joining us on American Medicine Today. I'm Kimberly Brumell, joined by Ethan Euchre. Happy to be here. Jeff Wagstaff. Yes, I am. World-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti. Always here. Now it's time to see what Harry Reid, Nancy Pelosi, President Obama, and the Democrats have simmering in Washington, D.C. Let's see what's cooking in Barack's crock. And it certainly is. We have health insurance companies actually considering dropping out of Obamacare exchanges, and they're pushing for a large premium rate increases. Go figure. Doc, take it away. Well, I I do believe that... uh, one of the problems that we have in the nation is that the individuals that they pass laws, the politicians are not accountable. So they can go and screw up everything and still they remain in power or they still mm-hmm. remain in a situation of no contest. Right. Nothing like that happened on business. So suddenly now... The mistake that the insurance company did, uh, all the insurance companies in the nation did a mistake trying to join the government. Well, they are paying for. Right. The situation is that Obamacare create a situation of conflict for the insurance mm-hmm. because demand things that they cannot deliver and at the same time force the insurance companies to accept situations that if they deliver, they will be on the back of the taxpayer. True. But like everything that is in the taxpayer goes to the government first. And so the government can manage the thing to don't pay. Mm-hmm. Well, the insurance companies are being in a tremendous amount of losses. Some of the losses are on the billions. Uh, $43 billion there were reported that uh, the insurance company lost under Obamacare. Right. The other important thing is that these companies are wising up, like everything that is business. Mm-hmm. As soon as the directors of these companies start to realize that the association with the government is a big mistake, like I always said, anything that the government touched screwed up. Well, they got in bed with the government, and now they are crying, and they are asking the population of the country to pay in excess. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to think that coming out of the Obamacare is going to increase around 20% of the premium on the insurance. Mm -hmm. So 
the ones that they are being hurt again, not only by the amount of money that Obamacare cost us mm -hmm. and, and the tremendous amount of damage created to the patients and to the medical society, mm -hmm. uh, now the taxpayer who is going to pay for the bill of these politicians. Now, it's amazing to see how people that they still in the country my, my my point is i don't i don't really understand the democratic mind democrats are individuals that or they take advantage of something or they just don't care right and or they are dumb or they are misinformed or they are practically selfish people or d all of the above or all the <laughs> because yeah, the situation exactly. is how is possible that still they try to elect somebody like Hillary Clinton who is going to increase this deficit mm -hmm. on the healthcare right and when you start to look at the idea that she has that brilliant woman mm -hmm. is to nationalize medicine <laughs> so you don't have any idea of the results. Right. Or who's going to treat you because you still have the health insurance provider, or I mean the health care provider, rather. And so you never know if it's truly an MD. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that you need to remember is this this insurance, this association with the with the with the Obamacare, mm -hmm. uh they they explore and they start to study with with uh, governmental agencies like mm -hmm. uh, Internal Revenue Service, and they they come over that around yes. one hundred fifty thousand people were would explore why right. uh, they they were not paying the premium. Correct. Well, the problem with the premium is very simple. First and anything, the people that is acquiring Obamacare mm -hmm. are. All sick people, right, or are poor people. So, how are you going to ask them to pay a premium? Right. Well, they, they, never, they have they never had the insurance before, and they have the the situation that was helped by the hospitals or mm -hmm. by doctors sure. that they did they did uh, free healthcare. But they defunded they defunded Medicare to supplement cost in Obamacare. But Jeff, you look like you want to say something. And, and Doc, here's I think for working stiffs that are out there watching our show or listening right now, here's the real concern for folks like me. They built this entire house of cards on the false premise mm -hmm. that young, healthy people would enroll. And they're not. Mm -hmm. That young, healthy revenue that's supposed to come in from the 20, 30, 40-year-olds who are going to fund this, they're not signing up. Right. So because, the, the system because, is flawed. Uh, Jeff, this thing is very simple. The people with 40 years old mm -hmm. are practically the working people in the nation. Right. They're not dumb, man. Mm -hmm. Okay? They're not going to go to the governmental they're not going to go to the government because they know they are going to be, in one way or the other one, they are going to have bad results right. or bad yeah. services. Or both. So, or both. <laughs> so what they do right. is they go to the private insurance. Mm -hmm. So the benefit of this is going to be the private insurance. The only problem that I resent is why the taxpayer can pay the experiment of the insurance company going with the government mm -hmm. and increasing now mm -hmm. 
to the, the, the future constituents of the insurance <laughs> and patients for the doctors, 20%. <laughs> and, and if you look, if you look right now, the, the Obamacare, the people that they remain on on healthcare pay by their by their 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 employees, mm-hmm. uh, their the, the, the employer, yeah. they remain in a good situation. Right. But the ones that they went to the Obamacare, they are paying now twenty percent higher 22. premium. And and um, they have people from uh, New Mexico that already dropped off the exchange. The plan of Blue Cross Blue Shield in New Mexico is already gone. The state regulators have rejected a proposal of a 51.6% premium increase. It's just crazy Mm -hmm. and wrought with corruption. Well, they they, they promised to the insurance company that they are going to pay him dollar per dollar, and they are paying now 0.13 cents. Mm-hmm. Being 13, 13 cents on the dollar. Correct. And then the, the companies kind of perform it like that. Yeah. Go out of business. Oh. Yeah. Agreed. Well, right. that about wraps things up for American Medicine today. Make sure you check us out nationally on Bloomberg, here locally in Tampa, WFTS, and in Las Vegas on the KTNV. You're watching and listening to American Medicine today. Bye bye. Make sure you tweet at Dr. Benati. That's what he was waiting for over there. <laughs> Bye-bye. You're listening to American Medicine Today, presented by the Bonatti Spine Institute, featuring the internationally acclaimed inventor of the Bonatti Spine Procedures, Alfred Bonatti, MD. Once again, here are Dr. Bonatti and your host, Kimberly Vermel. Well, we have a bit of fun for you mm-hmm. at our affiliates. Uh, you'll want to make sure you stay tuned. I'm Kimberly Vermel, joined by Ethan Euchre. Glad to be here. Jeff Wagstaff. Howdy, howdy. And world-renowned orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Alfred Bonatti of the Bonatti Spine Institute. To catch everyone up to speed, you know, I'm sure each and every single one of you have noticed how one-sided the news coverage of the election has been, Mm -hmm. and mainstream media really tries to focus on all of Trump's alleged controversies, which there really aren't any. But they're not paying attention to Hillary scandals. Not at all. In fact, the FBI is like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah, no, she's horrible, she's corrupt, she's done all that, but yeah, we can't really go after her. Well, anyway, joining us (laughs) to discuss is Michael Loftus, veteran stand-up comedian who's worked as a TV writer for many years on shows like FX Anger Management mm-hmm. and ABC's The George Lopez Show. And apparently now working on the new uh, Kevin James yes. show, which we got to get... Sounds fantastic. We got to get to him. Because, Michael, you're, uh, you're what are you, on set now? You're writing jokes? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just got I just got the wave uh, from Uh-oh. one of the other writers that were circling back up. So uh, at some point, yep, I'm going to go write some funny stuff for Kevin James to uh, say. That's awesome. Uh, but it's really exciting. We're building the sets. Production staff is coming in. Uh, I love working in Hollywood mm-hmm. and then working on TV shows. It's a blast. And I also love uh, doing my own show. Oh, we got a chopper coming in here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. They're gonna airlift yeah, you like out. A few, a few years ago, me and my uh, some of my buddies. There's a lot more conservatives in Hollywood that, than you would uh, think of. Yeah, there actually is a chopper coming in. Must be a big pile of money for me. <laughs> Can you share, please? Oh, I'll, oh, I'll share. I'm a greedy Republican. Or they're trying to throw a bomb on you. Oh. <laughs> That's that's actually a good point, and I did want to mention that, Michael. You are like basically a unicorn in the sense that you're a rare creature. You're a comedian who is conservative and very right. right-minded. I mean, you got to get a lot of blow, blowback from your, uh, you know, liberal friends in the com- com- comedy well, world. Here's the deal: I'm yeah. I'm well-meaning. I'm not evil. I'm well-meaning, mm-hmm. yes. and that's how I look at my liberal friends. Like mm-hmm. they mean well. 
right. their hearts are in the right place. They see somebody who's who, who needs help, and they're like, hey, uh, we should all help that person. <laughs> but they want to pass a tax to do that. Yes. When I have more faith in humanity, I'm like, I'd rather not pay for that because <laughs> I want to help these people over here. Hey, how about we each individually help the people that we want to help, and that way everybody gets help. Exactly. exactly. The federal government. And go well, to work to help. My <laughs> exactly. Yeah. My Michael, we were out fishing here a few weeks ago, and there was an old guy sitting by us, and he heard us talking conservatives and liberals. He said, let me tell you the difference between a conservative and a liberal. A liberal will give you a fish to eat that day. A conservative wants to teach you to fish so you can eat tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was a probably 80-year-old guy, probably had three or four. But I thought that was a pretty good definition of of, of, of self-efficiency versus the handout. Mm -hmm. It is exactly right. And here's like here's the deal. Like with with my TV show, The Flip Side, where I make fun of uh, liberals, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, we we laugh more, we smile more because we're right. I don't know why. I mean, I know why the, the the right is is so is so upset because it's outrageous. A lot of things are going on, but but uh, capitalism has saved millions, many more people on this planet than care packages ever have (laughs) in the last in the last 20 years alone in the last 20 years alone capitalism and entrepreneurship has lifted a billion people out of poverty a billion people Mm. with a b right no no unicef packages come close to that (laughs) here's your sandwich and a (laughs) t-shirt sally struthers hasn't Uh saved a billion people can can I no, just? No, she's probably eating the food of a billion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know the one thing you always hear from the left is uh, now. Now, of course, my mind's going to go completely. They call it living the dream. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to work because they're living their dream. Yeah, unemployed on our dime, eating lobster and steak. That's what if it's dream. my dream yeah. to not support people like that? <laughs> There you go. Now you're now you're harshing on my dream. Exactly. And I tell you what, that whole that whole message has gone way too far. Like everybody's like, if you if you're uh, if you're working in a job you love, uh, you're not going to work a day in your life. So what? Everybody's going to be a movie star. Everybody's going to be Jay Z. We can't exactly. all be Jay Z. Right. right. Somebody's going to have to fix the pipes because I have to go to the bathroom and this toilet doesn't work. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a plumber, plumber, electrician, carpenter. Yes. I'm sorry it's not a dreamy job, but that's why we have a 40 hour work mm-hmm. week. You can go home and do your dream. But you know, Michael, it seems like today all parents expect their kids to go to college. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to be. Wear a suit, wear a white shirt. I grew up in an environment with construction workers and roofers. Me too. And it, it's almost like those good old-fashioned skill jobs aren't sought after, although they pay pretty doggone well. Mm-hmm. Make a hell of a they living. They pay yeah. great. They pay great. And we have demonized uh, the working man in this country. Every time you see a handyman on TV, he's some kind of buffoon. Every time there's a plumber or an electrician on a TV show, it's he's some well-meaning, out. half-witted idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and those guys, I tell you what, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, he'll tell you mm-hmm. the exact same thing. We need to bring back trade schools because yes. mm-hmm. college isn't for everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. have to ask, why is saying the word illegal Make you a racist and bigoted. If you come here and you're an illegal, why are we giving them rights to health care and rights to vote? They're okay, illegal. Here's, what, here's, 
Here's what we do here. You're going to love my YouTube channel. You're going to love my YouTube channel. We already love you. Here's, here's the deal. It's inherently racist. If we don't – the people who are supporting Ill, illegal immigrants, uh-huh. they are the truly racist people. Because, like, there's right now under our current immigration system, we take people from China, Africa, all over the globe. We let in about a million people a year. That's how cool our immigration system is. But by, by, by giving preferential treatment to people from Central and South America, you're saying that you're going to help those people more than a starving child in China? Right. You're going to help uh, a kid from Ecuador more than a starving kid from Africa? Sounds like you're the racist. Because yeah. I want to help that African kid by showing him where the line is, how to get into this country and become a citizen. What is, what is amazing to me is that why... Uh, the left constantly can can say things that they really hurt the image of the of the right wing individual, and the right wing individual never attacks in the same way. They always back off. Mm-hmm. If you if you really see television and you see a Democrat and you see a Republican there, the Democrat when when he talks, the Republican listens. And when the yeah. when the when the Republican listens, the Democrat goes on top of them and stop the talking, their thoughts, the whole thing. Yes. And and it's, to me is not only lack of respect. I think it's lack of training. I think we need to be mm-hmm. exactly what Donald Trump is. <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't accept any crap of anybody because, and that's why is so much hate is because the. Ninety percent of the American believes really his behavior to be correct, and the percentage of the Democrats are so wrong because they always feel that they need to try to destroy the person because they are scared of what he can do. They want to remain in the status quo. They want to remain with the same type of misbehavior, and 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 this guy is going to stop them. Right. Yeah, yeah, and and I tell you what, and if you look at most of the Democrats who are like the talking heads that they put on these uh, these uh, Sunday morning shows, Meet the Press, they're Mm -hmm. all lawyers. Exactly. (laughs) They are too. They've gone through debate class after debate class, and they can win, and they can look, uh, they can look like they're correct and they're smart uh, in a little segment. Right. But that, that's what I, that's what I, that's the appeal of Donald Trump to me as well. Is he'll, mm. he'll they'll say you know blah 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 blah, and don't you feel bad about that? Aren't yeah. you a horrible person? And he'll go, no, I'm not. And exactly. here's why. It right. just, just blows right through him. It's fantastic. Oh well, we thank run. you so much. We are out of time. We'd love to have you back some other time. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Certainly will. Thank you so much, Michael Loftus, again, veteran stand-up comedian who well, has worked as a TV writer for many years, and especially on his show, you called it the flip side, correct? Yeah. What's your website? Yeah. TheLoftestParty.com. I am making the Republicans fun again. I love it. Awesome. Michael Steele, that's, Michael Steele thinks I can't do it, but I can. TheLoftestParty.com. I'll see you guys there. You and and we right, endorse you. All right. See you <laughs> Have later. a great time. All right, bye-bye. Bye. All right, yeah, bye. <laughs> well, that about wraps up the affiliate segment. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to American Medicine Today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.